Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We're celebrating that Jesus was born. And as, as we do that this morning, I want to I point out the fact that God became man. And in doing so, he didn't just like come down as a man, but he became a baby. Philippians 2 verse 6 says, though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of being a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So God became man. And not only that, but he was a ordinary man. He, he really was quite, quite ordinary. Um, Luke chapter 2 says this about Jesus. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He was not, he, he, he was divinely and 100% God and yet 100% man. And what it meant was that he had to learn. He grew in favor with God and man. Uh, he came as a baby. What, what, is, what does that mean? Jesus, Jesus had poopy diapers. It's, it's, it's not irreverent to say because he came as a baby. And in fact, he really lived in or extra, like unextraordinary life until he was 33 years old. He was just an ordinary person going through ordinary life. Hebrews really tells us why in chapter 14, verse 4, which is reverse. Chapter 4, verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, talking about Jesus, where he is now, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Because this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Well, how can he understand? For he faced all of the same things that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Jesus was ordinary. He understands what we went through. He says he understands our weakness. So just think about it. Jesus, he was born just like any other birth. He came as a baby. He probably stubbed his toe. He probably had a favorite blanket. Anybody have a favorite blanket? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Anybody still have a favorite blanket? It's okay, adults. You can raise your hands too. Like, come on. Yeah. He had, he had a dad. He had a stepdad. Like Jesus was born into what we would, most of us would describe as a broken family, but that's where God decided to put his son. He had brothers and sisters, but he was ordinary. In fact, he's so ordinary that in Mark chapter six, after Jesus started his ministry, he's in his thirties now, he goes back to his own hometown and he's preaching and they, they hear what he's saying. And they see the miracles that he's performing and they go, wait a second. Like, remember him? Like the guy that missed the shot in high school, like blew the whole game. Isn't that him? 
I'm paraphrasing, but it's in there. Read it in Mark chapter 6. Like, wait a second. Aren't, aren't his brothers, like James and James, like, wait a second. And his sisters are right here with us. Like, what's... And they took offense at him because he was so ordinary. He went through life just like you, just like me. He had a job. He was a carpenter. If he had a job, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had some unpaid invoices. I bet he had some unhappy clients, because you can do everything right and still have unhappy clients. Come on, come on. It's, it's not that you do everything right and then they're, no, 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 no. It's not that you make mistakes. I'm sure he had people that were mad at him and he's just sitting there like, I did it right. He had good days and bad days, but he was Jesus. The Bible says that when, when Jesus heard about his friend dying, the shortest verses, the, for, the shortest verse in the Bible is two words. Jesus wept. He had highs and lows. Not only do we know about his disciples and his disciples abandoning him when he was arrested and Judas betraying him and getting him arrested, but he went through school. He went through friends and brothers and sisters and, and, and his own family. His own family didn't believe in him. His own family didn't believe in him. There was a big festival going on in Jerusalem and his brothers come to him and they're like, hey, look, if you really are Jesus, then you better get over it. If you really are who you say, you better get over there because then, then you, people need to see you. Jesus is like, it's not my time yet. Not right now. But they didn't come to him and be like, hey. He lived an ordinary life. I mean, if he'd been five and six years old and, and, and he'd been, you know, like playing tricks on his brothers, they go to get like a bowl of cereal and, and they take their spoon and they're trying to get some and he splits the cereal bowl in half and they can't eat. Like, he wasn't doing that. Nobody knew, nobody, he didn't get voted most likely to raise from the dead in high school. It wasn't there. It was normal. He was, in fact, probably, I might even go as far to say that he was less than normal. Isaiah 53 says this about him. He, <coughs> he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. <laughs> Anybody want that written about them? They're like, he... We didn't see this coming because he lived such an ordinary life. What he experienced, and here's, here's the thing I want you to see. He, okay, no beauty, no majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. I don't know what picture you have of God. And when you close your eyes and you're picturing what God looks like, I don't know if you see somebody who's mad, the whole like somebody in heaven with a lightning bolt just waiting to just get you, somebody that, that knows everything that you've ever done wrong and, can, and, and just, 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 just wants to use it against you. And every time that anything goes wrong, you just think, well, this is them and this is why this doesn't happen. And your idea of God is, you know, he, who, who and what is God? God's the one that I, I just crushed that. I know the kids did, but anyways. 
oh, your idea is exactly that, that God's up in heaven and as soon as you do something, he can just crush you. But what we see here is he, he's familiar with pain. He had good days and he had bad days. What he went through is he, he went through pain. He went through suffering. You know, Joseph in the Bible, Joseph, Jesus' stepdad was Joseph. Well, on the cross, Joseph is nowhere to be found. And as Jesus is dying, he says to one of his disciples, he's like, look, here, here, here's your mother. And he, he says, basically just says, hey, take care of Mary. When, when Jesus goes back to his hometown, as we read in Mark 6, what, the, what, what everybody said was, isn't this Mary's son and brothers and sisters? There's no mention of Joseph. It's believed, we don't know for sure, that, that Joseph had died. Joseph had probably had already died. So not only did he grow up with half-brothers and sisters and, and maybe some of the people in town knew the story, the story that Mary was pregnant when they got engaged and hold on, the timing isn't lining up right. And people were whispering and saying things about Jesus. He experienced all of that. So if you have this idea in your mind that when you close your eyes and you picture God that it's somebody who's far off and distant and doesn't want to hear what you have to say, that's not who Jesus is. I've heard it said that a friend is someone who says, me too. Kind of like you you meet somebody, you say, hey, uh, what you, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hunter. And they're like, oh, me too. And you're like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. And I'm like, I like mountain bike. You're like, me too. You're like, what? I mean, those two things are just awesome combinations, and this is great to hear, and everybody should do that. And they're like, me, I know. And you just start talking. They're more like, well, I've got five kids. They're like, me too. And like, what? And like, I've got this, and I love my family. And like, me too. When we think of God, so often, he's on this pedestal, which is where he belongs because of what he is and what he has done for us. But at the same time, it's your heavenly father, and he wants to say to me and you, the thing that you're going through, he's like, I understand. I've been there. The pain that you're experiencing, that break, the hurt, the this, and this didn't go right, and this isn't working, and God's like, I understand. Because he's been there. And he wants us to come to him. He's like, come to me. It's, it's what he wants. He wants you to know that he's not mad. He's not mad at you. In fact, Hebrews chapter 7, really kind of, what is Jesus doing today? It says, but because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. And he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. To intercede. In Job, we, we read that Satan went to heaven and was talking with God. And he brought up Job in particular. and was like, hey, have you seen this guy? And when, when, when I... Read here that it says that Jesus, 
is in heaven to intercede, it's, it's kind of like we've got kids. It's kind of like when one of the kids runs up and they're like, hey, Hunter just, and this is make-believe, it's not that Hunter actually did anything, although I'm sure he did something, but this isn't about the things that he did. This is just in general, a general thing. So don't go up to him after and be like, I hear you did, because he didn't do anything, okay? This is, just, this is just a random example, okay? I'm sure he's done things, but this isn't about one of them, okay? This is just random. But if one of my kids runs up and is like, well, Hunter just took the car, started it up, went to put it in reverse, and ran into a tree, and you're like, wait a second. If one of my kids just runs up to tattle on one of my other kids, I have never had one of my other kids, we have five, one of the others jump in and be like, wait a second, actually, Hunter's amazing. And by the way, whatever he did, I'm sure it isn't that big, I'll, I'll take care of it. <laughs> they don't do that. Like, I'll take the punishment, Dad. Like, nobody's ever done that. But our Heavenly Father, the Bible says this, that he lives to intercede, that when Satan comes up, and is like, oh, wait a second. Guess what he did? Guess what Jack? Guess what Jill? No, 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 no. But that Jesus jumps in and says, yeah, that's true. But guess what I did? And that he intercedes because he's paid it all. That's how much he cares about you. He intercedes for you. And the answer is yes, he loves you. He loves you. You're the reason that he wanted to do this. You are the reason. Um, several years ago, we had some friends over. We were, we were playing cards and really got into the game because we were getting our butts kicked, okay? We were, we were playing Euchre and this, this other couple was just kicking our butts. And so we're, we're into this game. Well, all of a sudden, we're like, wait a second. It's a little quiet. Okay, every parent, you know what that means? You're like, hold on. It's too quiet. And we're like, um, where's, where are the little ones? So we just kind of look around, you're like, okay, there's a kid, 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 there's a kid. I think we're missing one or two. So we're missing two kids, one of mine and another one. You wonder what I didn't do? We didn't just go, oh, well, <laughs> we've still got four, like deal up the cards. We didn't do that. We stopped what we were doing. And we're like, let's go find him. So we started at the house and we're going up and down through the house and we check the rooms, like he's not there. Check the bathroom, he's not there. Check the garage, he's not there. Look outside, he's not there. Like, okay, get in the backyard, they're not there. Okay, get a little bit wider, they're not there. Get a little bit wider, they're not there. We didn't just give up and be like, well, I kind of looked, but okay, I don't really see him, so. Bo! Nope. We kept looking and we dropped everything until we found him. Your heavenly father, here's the thing about him. As a parent, you have a child and you think, how could I love anything so much? And then you have another one and it's not like you divide your love, but your love multiplies and you have more to give, not less. You're our heavenly father. You might think I'm insignificant and I am just one of millions or billions. I don't know how God sees, God, I'm just one of, and God's like, no, you are my one. And he says, I would drop everything. He says, I would, his language is, I would leave the 99 to find the one. He loves you. He's not satisfied with the children that have come home. He's looking and searching for that which is lost. 
Because, and he knows. And so what he wants you to know is this, is he's not waiting to tell you, yeah, I knew you were wrong. He's waiting to say, I've loved you all along. He wants you, what you've experienced, what you've gone through. He's like, I get it. I get it. I understand. Me too. Now come home because I've made a way for you. Isaiah 53 verse 11 says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, talking about Jesus, he will be satisfied. When he sees all that is done, what he went through, when he sees those who accept, he says, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servants will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebellious. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. He took your place. He did what needed to be done because of you. The language here is that he will be satisfied. Other places in your Bible it says that for God, I'm thinking, because you ever have your mind just go completely blank? Other places in the Bible it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So before the cross, he looks. And before the cross, he knows what's coming. But for the joy set before him, what was that joy? That joy was he knew what he was about to pay for, and it was you and me. And after the cross, it says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. What is he saying? He says, you are worth it. You're worth every penny. You're worth what? It wasn't money you were bought with. You were worth every drop of blood. You were worth every day that he came and he experienced as a man. You were worth every bit of it. He made a way where there was no way for you and for me. 2 Corinthians says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. What Jesus did, he did for you. The picture I want you to have over this Christmas is of a Jesus that was born as a man, went through life, and as a result, he's in heaven and he's not mad at you, he's not disappointed in you, but instead to realize he understands you. And maybe you've been afraid to come to him because you know how you made this and how you missed this and how you should have that, and what about this? He's not wanting to point any fingers at you. He just wants to meet you with wide open arms. He understands. Talk to him. But I don't understand this, and what about this? Talk to him. I was 16, 17 years old. I just got my driver's license, and, and I drove too fast. Plain and simple, I just drove too fast. Um, I got a few tickets. Um, enough so that uh, one, one of the tickets, then one winter day, I, I slid off the road. And I slid off the road and I got a ticket for driving too fast, even though I wasn't going fast, but it's just too fast for conditions. Anyways, and I'm like, are you serious? More points? I'm about to lose my license. I'm supposed to be going to Bible college in Oklahoma. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I think I'm like 17 years old. 
I'm in my room and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I got a, I got a court date. I mean, I, I did the speeding. I did it. I slid in. I got all these points. I don't, I don't, I deserve all of this. I know that. But I got to try to do something to keep my license. I'm in my room and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because if I can't keep this license, I, that just ruins, I do not know what's next for me. I'm in my room. Like, honestly, I was in my room crying. My dad comes in and he goes, hey. He goes, I got this court thing. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. He goes, if I could, he goes, I'd take the points for you. He goes, I'd take your place. He goes, but I can't. But whatever happens, you'll be fine. And he just walks out. And I'm like, yep. Thanks, Dad. His heart was, as a good father's, if I could take your place, I would. If I could take the points for you, if I could lose, I would do that. But he couldn't. But we have a heavenly father who looked down at you and me, saw our condition and said, I can take your place. And so that's why he sent Jesus. And he did take your place. All you have to do is receive it because he loves you. In the words of Jesus, he would leave the 99 for the one. You are the one to him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? As we're here today on Christmas Eve, celebrating what Jesus came to do, I wanna ask, have you received what he did? Have you made him the Lord of your life? Have you surrendered your life to him and said, God, I've made my mistakes, you know them all, but today I give you my all. I'd love the honor of praying with you. The Bible says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You have a heavenly father with his arms open wide waiting for you you receive what he did. If you'd like to receive what he did today, or maybe today's the day you say, I'm coming back. I've been gone my own thing, but today I come back and I declare I'm his again. I'd love the honor of praying with you. So if that's you, then just a minute, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand and then we're gonna pray. And when we say amen, you're gonna know that your sins are forgiven. You're gonna know that you're on your way to heaven and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You are here on this planet because God put you here and he has a plan for you. It's time for you to begin to live that out. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up. Get ready. One, two, three. Right now, lift it up. Thank you and say, that's me. Thank you. Hands up all over the place. All right, hands down. Here's what I'd love. Would everybody just repeat after me and let's just, let's pray this prayer together with those that lifted their hands and those that lifted your hands. As you say these words, make them your own. Say them from your heart and God's gonna meet you right where you are. Everybody out loud, everybody together, everybody say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. I receive you as the Lord of my life. Forgive me 
and make me new. I believe that you came, that you died, shed your blood so I could be free. And from now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.